0: Support for this Guardian podcast comes from Squarespace, providing creative tools that help you bring your ideas to life. Squarespace offers free domain names, customizable designs, and 24-7 support. Go to squarespace.com and use the offer code GUARDIAN to get 10% off.
1: Hello, this is Music Weekly, I'm Alexis Petridis And I'm Kieran Yates This week we'll be talking to the Airborne Toxic event about their new record Recorded in Nashville, Rebecca Nicholson and of course Kieran are here for Singles Club And Kieran, you have a special feature on R&B Yes That's all on Music Weekly from The Guardian Here we are, Music Weekly, hello Rebecca Thank Hi. you for coming in Yeah. What's been going on in the world of music this week ladies?
0: Lots of Miley chat still I, I Regarding her beef with Sinead O'Connor,
1: can't face the endless.
2: So tedious, isn't it?
1: Social networking <laughs> is like a hall of mirrors.
2: I'm not sure that, as part of the Guardian, we can say there's too much. Miley Cyrus. No, no, no. Because no, <laughs> <no, no, laughs> <no. laughs>
1: every day we the have 97,000 <laughs> pieces. what's the deal now well Sinead kind of said don't let the music industry prostitute you very good advice she said that
2: at length and slightly patronisingly but But. essentially I think there was a fair point there then
1: Annie Lennox got involved
2: Hmm. Um. Annie Lennox (laughs) thinks we should have ratings on music videos I am more in favour of this than I have been in the past Mm. I would always be quite anti this kind of thing down with this kind of thing thing. (laughs) I don't know and I don't know if it's just because I'm getting a little bit older but it, it, my concern is more young kids yeah. thinking that this is how they have to behave. And it, very young kids as well. It, it,
1: it, it's a, it, There's a very difficult grey area mm. where pop music, whether you like it or not, is sort of specifically geared towards young kids and young girls particularly, presents them with like super mm. sexualized images. And it's like, well, one thing or the other. If you want to be whining and grinding... People <laughs> will say that, and all up in the club. Winning
2: and groaning. Yeah, whining and groaning. You know,
1: I, I talk the hip street. Leader, if you don't understand, I'll give you a glossary. Keep up, <laughs> that. <girl. laughs> it's a, it's a problem. I, I speak as someone whose daughter is about to start going. Is about to go to her first gig. She's seven. Jessie J. Um, Are you taking her? Yeah. No, she's um. going on her own. <laughs> she's going with her crew. Um, and I just sort of think, well, yeah, it is, you know, lots of stuff she likes, yeah. you know, has a sort of a bit of an edge to it. And it's like, oh, is this... I nice.
2: was quite pro-Miley after all the VMA stuff. Yeah. And I thought Sinead O'Connor's letter was very interesting. But Miley's reaction was very classless. Yeah. She didn't really handle it well. Yeah, you're a that loony. You yeah. seem to be the general, yeah. shut and up, And by the way, job. I'm hosting Saturday Night Live, yeah. <laughs> I don't think Shanita kind of gives a shit. No, no. <laughs>
1: um, what else, other than Miley, chat, has been happening this week? Um, Kalayla put her album out. So good. It's such a good record. Told you. If you watch the uh, Guardian, I mean, God knows why i would want to, but if you uh, watch the uh, thing in which my, uh, I make a video about my album of the week, uh, my album of the week is cut for me by Kalayla. Go and watch that. Shut your eyes so you don't have to look at my fucking ugly mug. Um.
0: <laughs> yeah, I went to see <laughs> well, her last fact, week. Or in listen to a podcast. <laughs> oh, did, did listen to the podcast.
1: We'll talk about it here. No, no, no. Go and go and watch the video. Very um, important you are going and watch the video. She
0: did a live set at Deviation last week. Uh, and She performed with Bok Bok and uh, Benji B and some other people. And it was really, really, really incredible. Excellent. And yeah, everybody in the crowd seemed to know all the words. And it was it was pretty beautiful.
2: What about Tom York saying that Spotify is a fart? <laughs>
1: Spotify is a fart Tom York I can see Tom York's point Butter. He said
2: Spotify was the last fart of a dying corpse I a think which corpse. is a, a tricky pre- preposition Corpses do that
1: though, don't they They do Isn't there a thing like, yeah, They, do. they do expel gas They expel they? gas yeah. post um, um, That's a real um, diss of
2: Spotify <laughs> it's, That's a
1: bad thing to say about anybody isn't it You're a, you're a corpse's fart You're nothing but a corpse's oh, fart Shut up
2: Tom York though I find him really insufferable
1: But I do understand But musicians wanting to get paid properly for what they do um,
2: I just—I'm not sure Tom York is the best person to speak up for musicians because his point is: look, we've done it this way. Mm. It's that it you're? Of course, you Radiohead—you've done it this way. You're pretending that the first kind of three, four, five years didn't.
1: But in you know. fairness, when uh, the fella from was it Future of the Left? spoke up and went look we're a struggling band you know illegal downloading is killing us da 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 da, da. I thought well this is you know perfectly valid point point. he was like you know their album had leaked and he yeah. was like oh, god this makes it incredibly difficult to do this that and the other and I wrote a piece about it everyone was just like yeah this should shape up or ship out <laughs> and you just knew the people that wrote that would be exactly the same people go, oh my god this per- the terrible commercialised you know what I mean yeah. it, it, it's it's. Ah, I Maybe mean, we just stick to talking about Miley Cyrus.
2: <laughs> there yeah. are no easy answers.
1: There are no to Miley Cyrus. To <laughs> There's no easy. Answer. There isn't any easy answers to Miley Cyrus. Um, have
0: you it? heard any of bangers? It's just how you would imagine, kind of quite hyperactive pop, but uh, with a kind of really contrived side <laughs> of it, where she just sounds really like earnest, like earnest feeling. But like but I
2: love ball.
1: wrecking ball. Uh, uh, yeah,
2: as as much as that video is fairly hideous, right. I really like that song. It sounds like a big kind of stompy Ryan Tedder bleeding love type ballad, and I really like it. Really? Yeah. yeah. I it- even tried to I tried to legally purchase it wow. uh, last week, oh but it wasn't Lord. available in the UK until this week. Actually,
1: is it like the album that Britney Spears made when she went a bit?
2: Blackout. Yeah. That's because that's an amazing work. record. Yeah, that's yeah. an absolute,
1: exactly. And I, you know, you don't really get mad-sounding pop records, yeah. you know. And that was a really like.
2: It was really great.
1: Yeah, it was it a really sound brilliant. As record.
2: It's good as that, but
0: it's. But yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's worth a listen. Also, I just had the the Heim album because it's the it's the
2: number one album. Yeah, beat it? Justin Timberlake. It did,
0: yeah, and it's yeah. I thought that was really good. It I've, is kind of. I was of, kind of late on listening to it, but there's a real
2: Heim, Heim it, backlash happening at the moment. There's Lots of earnest. Ernest indie type saying that it's just kind of shit bloated 80s pop there's some great songs on that record it's a really good album
1: also you know there's a backlash to home there's a backlash against the backlash to home we go back to this point about (laughs) social media being this massive hall of mirrors and I tire there is no there is no getting around it of it's not enough to not like a record anymore You've got to have some moral, you know. Oh, I'm moral really morally objection. offended. Yeah. But oh, the high mountain. Oh, <laughs> and then you can write a little blog about your moral objection, can't you? And I find it insufferable. I didn't like Star Trek in Across the Universe by the Firm. If you remember the 1987 novelty hit, <laughs> but I didn't go. This is Alienist, you know. This is this posting is a,
2: out what they call telegrams. Yeah, to people know, going, I really hate Star Trek in Across <laughs> the Universe. Sending about a pigeon about it. carrier. Not <laughs> long ago.
1: I think that's enough news. <laughs> We've talked about what courses do.
3: <laughs> it's an
1: education, this thing. It, 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 it's a wide-ranging podcast. Why you shouldn't make videos of me. Let's move on. The Airborne Toxic event emerged from Silver Lake, Los Angeles in 2009, pitching themselves somewhere between The Killers, Bright Eyes and The Strokes. For their third album, Such Hot Blood, they up sticks and moved to Nashville to record with Grammy-winning producer Jaquire King. Michael Hand spoke to Mikel and Stephen from the band and started by asking them how they approached this record differently.
3: I think from a process standpoint, it was different because we went to Nashville, whereas the first two records uh, we did from uh, home in some form or another. Our first record we did in a basement of our friend's place. Just you know, a new band, and I think we recorded it over nine months and just whenever we could, in between, you know, people's jobs or whatever, we'd go and we'd do a take and we'd have an hour and then that was the song and that's what ended up on the record. And the second record we did with the funding of a big major label, and we did it at a fancy studio in LA, but it was over like kind of a nine week period. And then this one, we, we, we went to Nashville and we got a house. We spent three months rehearsing for the record, and then when we got there, we just essentially just performed it. And then we captured what was performed, and it was kind of a live record because uh, that's the way Jakir King, our producer, wanted to do it. It was fun. That you hated yourself for the things that you gave her. But you stole with your mind When your heart was impure So you think you'll forget All these nights like a sickness And there's nothing for miles Everywhere in the darkness But somewhere they're dancing The night away
4: badly now Nashville's absurdly hot at the moment. Um, a load of great bands working in Nashville at the moment. You've got Jack White in his third-man studios down there. And of course the television show with Connie Britton, the The woman I will marry if my wife ever leaves me. I saw her in LA the other day having (laughs) dinner.
3: She was in the next table. And I looked at her because, you know, sometimes famous people, you think they're your friend that you just don't remember, you know, like from grade school or something. So I smiled at her and she smiled back. And I immediately was like, oh, that's Connie Britton. <laughs> Actually, I, I'm,
4: I'm immediately jealous. <laughs> yeah. She's quite lovely in person.
3: She, seemed, she was sitting there just eating with the, this gentleman.
4: So, so was, was there anything specifically about being in Nashville that felt different? Because lots of bands seem to be going there to record at the moment yeah, as well. Yeah, it's, it,
3: it lacks the um, attitude of Los Angeles of this sort of plasticity. And I don't mean that in sort of flexibility. I literally mean that in terms of things being plastic <laughs> that Los Angeles has. Uh, and everyone's a musician, so... There's a sense that, like everywhere you go, you got to a bar at night, and there's a lot of bars, and we went every night. <laughs> and there was, and everyone's just a musician, but they're kind of working musicians, and you, you don't have all the kind of agents and the hubbub and the kind of like uh, glamour and whatever the, of Los Angeles and sort of the falsehoods that exist. I and mean, we were from Silver Lake, so we're kind of shielded from it. Anyway, Silver Lake's not really Hollywood at all. It's a whole other kind of place. Silver Lake and Williamsburg are kind of in a beard off right now. They're trying to see who can be beardier. You know, I think... I think actually Silver Lake's ahead right now. In the yeah, beard I, off. I, I think I think we're, we're, we're a little, little beardier ahead. than Williamsburg is right now. <laughs> Williamsburg's a little tattooier, but we're beardier. And I want to hold on to
4: Are you a happy person, Michael, I Ask because your songs tend towards the yearning melancholy rather than yeah. the downright celebratory, and your new album even contains the line, "All your songs are sad songs." Yeah,
3: that that line was a joke. Uh, that line was um uh, was sort of the two, two two characters are talking to each other, and uh, she's sort of taking the piss. She's kind of making fun of him. That's why she mentions the white dress from Midnight. Like it, it's a she's kind of in on the joke, and she's kind of playfully like poking fun at him, and he's just kind of like, yeah. Um, Yeah, I think so, but then, you know, it's hard to have a perspective on that kind of thing. I don't know what other people's lives feel like. I do know that um, I feel very driven to write, and I always have, and I don't know why that's true, Um, but I know that it has to do with feeling strange to myself. But I know that writing has a lot to do with dealing with strangeness and dealing with my own sort of feelings of strangeness to the world around me. So I don't know if it has to do with happiness or not, but I do know that writing it down, you know, in This Side of Paradise, F. Scott Fitzgerald talks about how the only difference between a scholastic life, and by that he means a life of being an artist or in letters or in scholarship or whatever, is and a non-scholastic life, the only difference is you leave a record and that you live the same life. You have the same joys and sorrows and ups and downs, but that along the way, you create a record for others to follow. Or in our case, you make records. <laughs>
4: Now, famously, you are a touring band. And when you first came to the UK, you played 30 shows in 30 nights, including such rock and roll hotspots as Aldershot and Barrow. I'd like to uh, give a shout out to Hull. Hull. Hull's an actual city. Aldershot (laughs) and Barrow, not, not so much. Stoke on Trent. Again, a proper city. I'm not going to knock Stoke on Trent and Hull on the podcast. We learned a lot about (laughs) UK geography. Well, I I remember seeing you on that. I think it was your first night at the Dublin Castle. About 15 15 people in there watching you. Um, Maybe three or four of you have paid. (laughs) Are you sick of the road yet?
3: No, not at all. Um, There's something kind of rejuvenating about the road. I mean, it sucks to be on a bus and it sucks to be uncomfortable. And mostly it's stressful to just be far away from those that you love and your home and your you know your dog i don't know like things like that are actually just a pain but the shows themselves are energizing and you're like this is why we do it and this is why this is amazing and music is you know it's the only art form that's unfolding in front of you while it's happening but when you play
4: that many shows how do you keep them different from each other Oh, we just look for madness. We seek yeah, madness. You
3: kind of, you know, every show has its own own little quirks and personality, and you kind of you play the show that you're playing that night. If you're playing a crazy bar, you don't pretend that you're playing a stadium. You know, if you're playing a stadium, you, you don't you don't play like a small bar gig. You know, you know, Mikhail will always look to see what can be climbed on, and so <laughs> you've got to flirt yeah. with disaster. That's what makes rock and roll rock and roll. Yeah. Andy Warhol used to say that um, something, as opposed to nothing, has to happen. That's the essence of rock and roll. And if nothing happens, then you're just watching a play. Who cares? It's been scripted. You have to. It has to have the sense that it might all go terribly wrong. And it's that moment that where you have that extemporaneous moment of you might fall, you might trip, you might die. I mean, this last tour, there's definitely a couple flirtations yeah, with death. I was worried. Yeah. And what, what? Tell me about them. What oh, just has like gone uh, you know, wrong? drugged out, drunk, st- st- hanging from the third floor balcony of some huge club and fixtures Boston. that would be teetering. And yeah, you jumping sure on the light and, fixture, and, then the light falls breaks on the bar the thing bends and you catch yourself and if you had not you would have just fallen you know 50 feet or things like that and that are just why be in a rock band if you're not going to do that like it's, it's similar to like making money where people say uh, there's a lot of questions that you ask about how much money you make whatever it's like who cares man if you want to make money going to finance it's very efficient you know if you work for 20 years in finance you will be rich you just will and if you're an artist be an artist if you're in a rock band be in a rock band Hang from the chandelier, put on your mother's dress, dance around, jump around, scream, get in people's faces, make people uncomfortable, break the fourth wall, bring people on stage, go out into the yawning, scream into the mic for no reason, make a joke that people don't quite understand. And then every now and then just absolutely slays because then you've got the possibility on a really good night that it just feels like the last night on earth. And that's rock and roll. That moment where it's like if people had some kind of light they gave out when they were excited, that the whole room would be so bright you could see it from space. That's rock and roll.
4: Otherwise, you know, go be a fuck man, <laughs> gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming in. Absolutely, thanks, thanks for for having you so much us. for having us. When
3: you walk right
1: Mikel and Stephen from the Airborne Toxic event, there. their new album is Such Hot Blood on their own Membran label And now it's time for Singles Club, let us begin with Rebecca's Choice That's Rebecca's choice. That's Bud uh, by Honeyblood. Um, I don't know anything about Honeyblood, Rebecca. Uh, tell me about them.
2: I think they're fairly new, and they've just signed to Fat Cat Records. This is their first single, and it's two Glaswegian. I think actually one of them's from New Zealand, but it's two girls. Um, they live in Glasgow, and they've just made this kind of beautiful jangly indie record. And. I didn't think I would fall in love with it in the way that I have, but I've been listening to this on repeat. I just think there's something really deceptively simple about it. Mm. But actually, the melodies are really sophisticated. The lyrics are great, and I'm a big fan of a clever lyric, but they kind of carry this theme all the way through, which is really, really subtly done, but really nicely done. Um, And I just think it's lovely. Is it a guitarist and a drummer? It's a guitarist and a drummer, yeah. yeah. It's got a bit of that kind of late
1: 80s. It's definitely got a hint late of, 80s. Of, of, yeah, it could have been could have been knocking about in Glasgow in, the, in 1986. Yes, in like the Pastels. And it could have yeah. indeed have been. Yeah, there was a band actually affiliated to Pastels called Melody Dog that was two girls. Um, did it
2: sound like this? A bit, yeah, hmm, a bit. To dig um, it
1: out. Diff- well, they did a great cover of Moving On Up by Primal Scream, actually, <laughs> Melody Dog, there you go. I like that, I like that a lot. And that's interesting for me because I tend not to, because uh, I was... I was there (laughs) (laughs) sounding like that uh, LCD sound system record because I remember you know C86 was sort of the first music that I really went sort of not really, we're mad for, but one of the first things I got into, first kind of alternative music I got mm. into. Um, I tend not for some reason I tend not to like things that recall Dax. It's like, well, I've already got records like this, but that's just a really good song. It's good, isn't it? Good sound. The
2: melody's great. It's yeah,
1: a bit like Best Coast. It's got a little hint of that. About it. I her. think
2: it's a bit better than Best Coast. Best Coast are very simple, mm. and I think this has got a kind of a slight edge to it.
1: The, uh, Kieran, let's move on. Um,
2: yeah, no, I really
0: liked. I liked the melody. I was kind of surprised to. To find that they were from Glasgow because that has that kind of dreamy LA kind of sound to it. Mm. I thought, but what I liked about it was that it was kind of girlish and it could have. It's kind of borderline twee. It could have easily been a bit too twee. And And they've made a
2: video for it that is quite twee. Yeah, but it's actually
0: it's actually kind of a lot of attitude in it though, isn't it? Like when I listened to it a few times, I was like, oh no, actually, this is kind of made by cool girls, and it's it's easy to just write it off as something. The thing
1: about indie bands being twee. The problem with indie bands being twee these days is. In the past, uh, when indie bands behaved in a twee manner, it was a reaction against uh, the sort of prevalent culture. You know, prevalent culture of the eighties, which was thrusting and kind of macho and that. Da, da, da. Obviously, we live in an age of bunting and the Great British Bake Off and <laughs> ringing innocent smoothies on the banana phone. Mm. You know, everything's a bit twee.
2: Yeah, there's no need for twee. There's
1: no need for twee. Twee is not a reaction against. It. You should be thrusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dressed up like yuppies. That's what we should do.
2: bring back the to cross. be truly alternative. <laughs> That's what we should be doing.
1: Um, but nonetheless. We like the record. Yes, marvelous, marvelous, marvelous. Uh, Bud by Honeyblood. I take it you can you can find this. It, it's coming out. In it's fact on
2: SoundCloud, and they're of course releasing it on a seven-inch.
1: Of course they are. <laughs> of course they are. Let's move on. This is my choice. Is El Rito uh, by Destroyer, which is up on SoundCloud at the moment from a forthcoming five-track Spanish-language EP uh, covers of songs originally by Spanish artists. I'm a big fan of Destroyer. Their album Kaput was probably my favourite album of uh, the year before last. Kaput is a very sort of glossy 80s. It's sort of a homage to people like Prefab Sprout and New Order and stuff like that. Um, But it it didn't sound like anything else they'd done previously. They made 95 million albums. I just really like the sound of this. I I put on expecting it to be another kind of lush sort of 80s production with like saxes on it and things like that. And it's not at all, it's quite rough and ready. He's got a great voice. I think he's got a really kind of appealing voice, the guy from Destroyer. It's a good song. I like the overall sound of it as well. I liked it more... Before my wife came in and went, "What's this you're listening to? Is it status quo?" Um, <laughs> it does
2: have a bit? Of it's it's got a little bit of tubing yeah. and
1: boogling about it. There's no no mistaking it. Um But um yeah, I really like it, and I think it's interesting to have a band that's effectively just one person who keeps shifting things in a really quite dramatic way.
2: <laughs> I didn't. I had to Google to make sure there wasn't there weren't two destroyers yeah. because I went to the Polaris Prize a couple of years ago, the year that this was nominated. Um, was Kaput was nominated. Sorry, Kaput was nominated. Yeah, it was that kind of lovely synth eighties thing that actually everyone is doing yeah. now. It's not a million
1: miles room, from Haim. Yeah, think,
2: yeah, you know. kind of preceded that. So I didn't expect it to sound like this at all. Mm. I was trying to think, what does it sound like? It reminds me of something, but perhaps your wife perhaps has nailed it and it might be status quo. quo. Um, it's a bit primal screamy as well. Literally. Yeah,
1: it's got it's that sp- specific kind of guitar lick, yeah. I believe we should, we should <laughs> correctly term it. Um... Yes, I know what you mean. It's like sort of a bit Rocks or something by Primal Scream or a bit of... Yeah, 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 yeah. The other thing I like about Destroyer is whenever I see a picture of him on stage, he's always wearing a suit and he always appears to have... A sort of be spilling a glass of some alcoholic beverage. He appears to be a man who, you know, has a sort of takes a bit like the late comedian Dave Allen. He appears to always take a tumbler of whiskey on stage with him when he performs, and, and quite loose, quite good. I like that, Karen.
0: Um, yeah, I thought it was kind of strange. I didn't, I didn't really immediately like it, but I, I do like the clap-driven percussion, um, which is kind of commanding. But then when you listen to it, you realise that it's actually kind of a melancholic song and it's, it's, not, it's not kind of as hard as you might think. Also, there's a really great quote from him that I was reading, which kind of describes his move towards doing a song in Spanish, which is saying that the English language was really despicable and it's only good for making business transactions, which I thought was, wow. a, was, a, really, was a really good criticism of Somebody language.
1: should write a blog about that. <laughs> <laughs> Morally objecting to him saying that. Um, El Rito by Destroyer. It's currently up on SoundCloud. I think the EP is out in November. Uh, let's move on. Finally, Karen's choice. Choice there, that's this is what it feels like by Banks. Please tell me that Banks is uh, Tony Banks, the uh, long standing keyboard was in from Genesis, um, adopting a very different musical tack.
0: Not Tony, not Azealia, sorry. Ah, uh,
1: um, but yes, it's she- not Lloyd Banks, Lloyd Banks is it, Banks is, uh, uh, it was uh, 50 cents as the, the game. game. <laughs> Lloyd Banks, it was amazing. He had uh, Lloyd Banks, who looked like Craig David's evil twin. Yeah, he exactly. looked like a nasty version of Craig David. <laughs> and also Lloyd Banks. What an amazing name! it has got uh, everywhere else, else in someone else's cricket first direct. <laughs> Halle, like Halle Berry, Halifax. Anyway, carry on. Um,
0: yeah, she is an R&B singer from LA. And she
1: wants to come with a different name. There is a lot of con- seriously. There is a lot of confusion. Is potential that potential first or
0: second? Yeah. You know, le- leave a comment underneath. This is from her London EP, which has production credits from um, Lil Silver and Jamie Woon. And she performed, I think it was last month, at Notting Hill Arts Club, and it was like a really huge gig and everyone was kind of talking about it, and I didn't go and really missed out, I think. Um, and then after after kind of hearing about how great she was and what a, an arresting live performer, which was I kind of listened to a bit of her back catalogue and I've been playing her lots and lots. And, oh, yeah, I really love this. I love the kind of husky tones to her voice. I love all those kind of strange synthy details in it. I like how it sounds so different to... A lot of the R and B that we've been that I've brought in, and we've been. I think you've been to. killing
1: it bringing in R and B recently. i I'd be. Yes. I, I think everything you've brought in Thanks. of late has been really inventive, really interesting. I think this new vogue for getting American artists to mm. work with British producers, which yep. never have happened in a million years, you know, twenty years, fifteen, ten, fifteen years ago, is just producing endless amounts of really, really interesting records. Mm. Yeah. I like the sound in the background. That's the sound that. If you give a seven-year-old boy a (laughs) microphone, first they'll make like farting noises into it and then they'll go... ( orthogonal) And that seemed to be what was going on there. Exactly.
0: It kind of works with that unconventional sound so well because for a long time, I think R&B, you know, it did sound very kind of traditional and classic and you could... Hear exactly what it was going to sound like, and you could predict what it was going to sound like. And I think that we're in like we're in an amazing kind of golden age, or a kind of really exciting resurgence of the sound where it sounds a lot like this. It sounds. I think her voice is really
2: interesting too because it is slightly kind of blank and a bit moody, Mm. and there's something. About that, that goes really well with all the stuff she's done. I really loved "Before I Ever Met You." I've had yes. that pretty much on repeat all year. it's yeah. Such a good song, and it's a similar thing where she sounds kind of. Actually, I met her after um, the Frank Ocean's London right. gig at Brixton. She was kind of unfriendly, and oh, I yeah. thought that's perfect. That's what you should yeah, be like. <laughs> really, that's kind that's of icy and cold. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And um, she's been opening for the weekend as well,
0: which I think is that's just a good fit. So, yeah. yeah, but would be so much better than the weekend as well. Yes, yeah. and they don't. They're kind of not a natural pairing, but. I would, yeah, I'd leave after her set, to be honest.
1: Would you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 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 Controversial. So we should write a blog about that. <laughs> um, okay, this is available to buy now. Um, and actually, let's move straight on because uh, that neatly segues into the next time on the show, which is um, you're talking a little bit about the uh, development of R&B. You've done a sort of little feature package. Yes. 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 Well, let's have a listen to it.
0: Okay. 2013 has been a really exciting time for R&B, a slew of very thrilling R&B releases from artists, but also because we've seen a huge influx of R&B producers, which has seen anybody from Dev Hines and Mike Will Made This being go-to guys for unconventional pop sounds to the likes of Cassie and Kalayla. Whether it's been Dev Hines working with Solange and Sugar Babes or Mike Will Made This working with Kelly Rowland and Ciara, there's been a steady flow of three releases and here's a little snippet of a couple of those tracks to set us up.
5: But nothing can compare So when you kiss me there And I can't laugh when I lie in your arms Baby, I feel so sick. Boy, just take your time. Send chills down my spine. You're one of a kind. That's why I gotta make you mine. Boy, you turn me on. Got me feeling hot. Now I'm really gone. Rank, rank. Head shot. Rank, rank. Sit down. Rank, rank. Stand up. Frank, Frank. Pass out. Rank, rank. Wake up. Rank, rank. Fade it.
0: Rank, rank. Fade it. Frank. I wanna stay, I wanna go round again. Already been here too many times before. And I wanna play, please let me stay. Pals again, don't wanna bend, be it, it defies the law. And I want a place where I can go down again. Already been here too many times before. And I'm gonna pay, please let me stay. Pals, to shame, gotta hold and bend it, it cries the fool. When I lay down, you can bet. That was Deb Hines and Sugar Babes' Swimming Pools remix and Kelly Rowland Kisses Down though. One person really making the point of the golden age of the R&B producer is one of the most iconic R&B producers who's responsible for working with Mariah Rihanna and a slew of his own albums, Teneria Nash, a.k.a. The Dream, who I chatted to a little bit about R&B and its current state of production.
5: I don't, I don't think it's more so of an evolution. I think it's a mood. I think it's a mood, is it is it, is is that is that Sade type of thing. Sade is R and B still. And so is Solange. Like it's just a mood. You know, Sade puts you in a certain type of mood of R and B. You know, still rhythm and blues, like at the end of the day, you know, like you can't really alter what the base of it is though. The base is as old as reading it's Sam Cooke. it's though it's church <laughs> influenced by rhythm. You know, like that's what R and B is and it'll forever be that. It's not gonna change, um Regardless of how we try to twist it, we'll just add different moods to it. Rap is literally just another mood of RB. When we start to forget about the root of what R&B is, and we start taking it for granted, we're gonna we're gonna lose the soul of what music is. And so I just hope electronic isn't borrowing it like rap did, you know, just to burn it out and say, okay, now we're gonna make this laugh and then leave RB in this place where nobody's able to love it anymore. I don't know hang up and back saying I don't lose a second
0: with. Another person who knows about the evolution of the sound is Brandy Norwood, known as Brandy, whose 2002 hit full moon was heralded as one of the best r and b records ever made. She talks about how she thinks the sound is developing. I wanted to try something different, and try something new and really challenge and push myself. So I, I feel like that was the universe or God, you know, putting us both in each other's path to experience what we both were feeling about music. And I'm just happy that R&B is, is making a comeback.
5: You know, people like um, Pharrell and Robin Thicke and Miguel and, you know, Tamar Braxton. All these people are not afraid to just dive into real music
1: again. And, I just feel like good singing and good music is, is coming back to
0: the forefront. You turned around and looked at me. It seemed that all oh. you must have somehow felt me staring on the lone. Something tells me you're
3: the kind of guy like to get to know.
5: I ain't even gonna. Cry.
0: That was Brandy talking about another trend that we've seen this year, which is a look back at 90s R&B nostalgia, which has been referenced culturally and throughout the year. But one of the most exciting things that we've seen is the way in which contemporary artists, especially female vocalists, have made the sound a lot more unconventional, injecting it with glitchy, obscure beats. Some of the best examples of this come from L.A. singer Kalayla and her Cut For Me mixtape. Which is laden with all of those kind of interesting, glitchy sounds. And here's a little snippet of that. <laughs> person worthy of mention has to be Cassie in her Rockabye Baby mixtape which was released earlier in the year. Another addition to the canon of a lot of R&B singers that sound hugely unconventional that are still using those tropes to make it sound kind of melancholic and beautiful but is still performed over really interesting electronic beats.
5: No shade, no hatin', no lines, no waitin' Loud body language, no conversations, just...
0: Moving into the present, aside from American artists like Cassie and Kalayla and Banks, I spoke to UK artist Javen, who's influenced by R&B and he talks about working within the canon at the moment and how he thinks the sound is developing in the UK.
5: You ask for forever, I don't want forever I don't want to talk about it You're making a promise, and
1: if I'm honest I want to find a way around it I think the golden age of R&B was in the 90s but I think for a lot of um, younger and uh, people that went into it before I think this is the the best time for uh, new school R&B I think it's in the best shape that it's been in.
0: Do you think that we're in a period of 90s R&B nostalgia?
1: We're definitely in a period of 90s of R&B nostalgia, definitely. I think that's the reason why a lot of people really like it young and old. Um, like young music, you know. My music has the best things I could think of that I liked about '90s R&B: uh, the harmonies, the the, the, the songwriting and stuff. And it has all of the movement of dance music, and it's just it's just got my youth just put it together and just presented
3: for you to just for your listening pleasure.
5: Kieran be
1: there for, you got to be careful. not what you and there, talking about RB. That's it for this week. Big thank you to the Airborne Toxic event. Even bigger thank you to Rebecca Nicholas. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Thanks so for coming in. Uh, check out guardian.co.uk forward slash music weekly for more information on the show. We will see you next week.
0: Support for this Guardian podcast comes from Squarespace, providing creative tools that help you bring your ideas to life. Squarespace offers free domain names, customizable designs, drag and drop tools, and 24/7 support. Squarespace also offers seamless e-commerce solutions for you or your small business. Every design automatically includes a unique mobile experience that matches the overall style of your website. So your content will look brilliant on any device. Start your free trial today, no credit card required. As a Guardian podcast listener, you'll get 10% off your new account by using the offer code Guardian.